can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on ya. Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Right Let's now. get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this thing. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my baby. Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel. Homie, take six and take this. Haters. I'm simply wild about my good cocaine. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm troubled to say. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, the home of free form, the indiscriminating, discriminating listener's choice in the belly of the beast. And now, some more Ben Webster. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Dick Whaley, and Jim Dwyer... Probably be here shortly. There's still some dicey parking around uh, around the station these days due to the construction down the street. In any event, uh, we've uh, gone through the Thanksgiving holiday season. Strange to have a home football game that weekend. And I must say there was a very strange crowd in town because the students, uh, most, most of your out-of-state students, I don't think, came back. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Jim Dwyer just uh, entered the room and is getting settled in. I've got this weird sort of facetious uh, article from uh, oh, almost a decade ago. This caught my eye when it came out, so I saved it. It's one of these uh, dark humor items that uh, we on Gray Matters occasionally read. This is... Um, <clears throat> from the uh, Agence France Presse, dated the 21st of November 2003. It says a shipment of 70,000 sheep to the Middle East was delayed after an animals' rights group fed the animals ham to thwart their export to Muslim countries. The sheep were destined for Bahrain, the UAE, and Kuwait, an official said that the loading of the livestock had been suspended. It was not clear how many might have eaten the pork, <laughs> but 
The uh, incident follows the stranding at sea of 50,000 Australian sheep for 11 weeks after they were rejected by Saudi Arabia and then a number of other countries on health grounds. Eventually, Eritrea claimed them free of charge. So there you have it. Sheep eating ham. (laughs) Yeah, what about the uh, anti-cruelty to pigs people? (laughs) Yeah. So all I have to say about that one in honor of the uh, holiday season is bah humbug. That was bad. The image of uh, sheep at sea. Eating ham. Eating ham. <laughs> almost sounds like some sort of Fellini uh, yeah. nightmare. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's for the... Uh, and actually, speaking turducken. Of, yeah, turducken, <laughs> right? Speaking of uh, bad jokes and puns and so forth, uh, I'll just give a quick mention here at the beginning of the show, uh, a sort of a thumbs-up endorsement of the new uh, Muppet film that's ah. in the theaters. And as much doom and gloom as there is in the news and as... Uh, dreary and bleak as things sometimes appear to be uh cheap laughs are always a good Mm -hmm. you know dose of sanity saw the film over the weekend and uh if you have sentimental uh fondness for the uh, the good old muppet show back in the The uh, original the original muppet show uh then you'll really get a kick out of this movie it's it's well worth seeing and uh it hits a lot of uh cultural touchstones and uh, with somewhat of a Muppety dark humor. So uh, mm-hmm. good good film for the times in which we live uh, to check that one out. Well, we certainly need that one. Uh, they're hyping uh, Black Friday, and Thanksgiving is now getting ruined by retailers that want to open on Thanksgiving. I Nothing seems to be sacred in the United States anymore. Well, spending and, you know... Commercialism are, are sacred, clearly. And, of course, one of the problems is is that the media reporting on the fact that some of these uh, retail outlets uh, will go after Walmart since uh, they suck. And, uh, you know, by the way, they're responsible for thousands of jobs in America disappearing. Indeed. They... In I small think, towns all over the country. All over the country. And I, I think I read somewhere where they're... Um, uh, total business with China is about $200 billion. And, of course, China's going to be a big uh, cudgel in the uh, upcoming presidential campaign. You can count on it. The Republicans will needlessly uh, accuse Obama of not being tough enough on China. Um, China, by the way, is is buying a significant amount of our debt still. So the relationship with China always has to be treated with a great deal of care. Obama, on his recent Asian tour, his nine-day tour, uh, announced that he was uh, going to put uh, 2,500 troops into Australia Mm -hmm. to deal with uh, Chinese uh, uh, aggressiveness, I think is the word they always use about China's uh, operations in the uh, South China Sea there. Uh, that's sort of a pro forma, I'm getting tough on you, but uh, don't believe for one second that 2,500 Marines are somehow going to stop, stop China, China from doing what they want to do. It's uh, In its own territory. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's joke, region. almost. Yeah. It's a, it's a sort of a bone, uh, since we're sticking with the food metaphors tonight, that he threw to uh, countries like Taiwan and the Philippines mm-hmm. that want America to be, quote, more aggressive uh, towards China. And... Uh, 
I saw a talk a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, one great thing about this uh, campus, uh, the University of Michigan, is we occasionally get uh, very distinguished uh, people from uh, around the world giving talks on all sorts of subjects. Uh, one of the best talks I saw in the last couple of years was Rami Khoury, for instance, a couple mm. last year talking about the Middle East. But in any case... Um, a Chinese uh, expert uh, used to uh, basically head up the Chinese studies uh, department here gave a very interesting talk about the uh, situation next year, noting that the uh, all the countries in Asia, all the major economies in Asia have uh, regime changes coming, elections coming. Mm -hmm. And, of course, elections have been in the news a little bit this week. Newt is back. Cain is down. Uh, Egypt, of course, is uh, mm. to doing the election thing uh, uh, as we speak. And uh, he was noting that Japan, China, the Philippines, Taiwan, uh, all have elections or re uh, changes in leadership. China basically rotates the presidency, and I guess their 13th uh, uh, Congress is coming up next year in which there will be a new president. So despite the tough rhetoric that Obama gave in public, obviously the key talks at the end of the day were the private talks that he had with Hun Jintao uh, about the continuing symbiotic relationship between the United States and China. So I am skeptical of becoming uh, America becoming more hawkish towards China. China, of course, is territorial, not expansionist, and they consistently oppose uh, American military aggression around the world. They have on occasion abstained at U.N. Uh, Security Council uh, discussions on force, uh, but they have also voted no, including the invasion of Iraq. Uh, obviously, the United States did not hear to the United Nations resolution in that particular case. Um, so... Keep, uh, you know, the, the ch keep an eye on the China relationship, but always accept the fact that behind the scenes, there's really a more real politic going on there. It's not as inflammatory as uh, some of uh, the candidates want to turn the relationship into. And in fact, Mitt Romney, if he, uh, who's been very hawkish on China in public, uh, doesn't seem to know too much about the subject because if he becomes president, uh, and that's a big if. Um, he will discover that China buying our debt is uh, crucial to the continuance of the House of Cards. Yeah, and one wonders the extent to which uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's uh, trip to Burma will have any real impact at all. Obviously, China is a major uh, financial supporter uh, to the regime in Burma, back to Burma from Myanmar again. But uh, some signs of uh, oppression uh, being uh, lifted a little bit as opposition leader who'd been under house arrest for over a decade, I think. Um, Aung San Suu Kyi uh, was officially released from house arrest. And so the, for the first U.S. Uh, was it Secretary of State or the first high ranking? Um, yeah, first Secretary of State in 50 years uh, to visit Burma. One wonders really what the net gain for America is in forcing Burma's hand to relax a little bit on uh, elections and political parties. Um, 
if China's paying for the shots that get called there, you know, are we going to really push that? Or is this, again, just some nice window dressing that, yes, we like democracy. Look, we even went to Burma and talked about it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, another interesting area where China plays a kind of a behind-the-scenes role that uh, maybe the, the American media doesn't appreciate quite enough is they uh, uh, are occasionally called into service to... Uh, Put North Korea in line. Indeed. The leader of North Korea likes those Daffy Duck cartoons a little too much. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a wacky dude. Yeah, indeed, and uh, can always be uh, counted on for uh, some bizarre outbursts. Uh, at least we have the luxury of being able to laugh at him here. Um, <laughs> not I mean, so funny if you're living in North Korea. Yeah, and meanwhile, the lights... Or needlessly, needless to say, are out in North Korea. <laughs> they have yeah more uh, often than they're on. That's yeah. for sure. And and certainly, uh, famine problems uh, continue. Uh, the big one of the bigger stories of the day, of course, is the announcement by Barney Frank that he's retiring. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that it's fair to say that Barney Frank is one of the great congressmen of our era. Um, the media, of course, focuses on on the openly gay thing, which I think is an interesting footnote. But I think that Barney Frank is a, an iconic liberal, uh, very articulate, very critical. You know, most of his career, frankly, he was uh, in the minority. Mm -hmm. And he was more a voice of uh, stop the madness than go forward with some of the craziness that went on in the uh, financial crisis that, of course, we're still, still dealing with and are going to deal with for quite some time, because just today, by the way, they announced that the new home sales are pretty much at an all-time low, dating back to World War II. No surprise there. There's excess inventory. There's uh, millions of houses, quote, underwater. And uh, it's important. You know, and, of course, Barney Frank will be associated with the uh, Dodd-Frank bill, the financial reform bill that was passed a couple of years ago that uh, seems to be overly criti criticized in the mainstream media because um, it restored a few rules. It didn't go far enough, but uh, the capital requirements are crucial. Uh, regarding financial institutions, bolstering those uh, capital requirements. Uh, Barney Frank, by the way, is mentioned frequently in a book that I just finished by uh, Gretchen Morganson and Josh Rosner, Reckless Endangerment, How Outsized Ambition, Greed, and Corruption Led to the Economic Armageddon. This is a quick read. Uh, a lot of complicated history in here. Um, not enough footnotes for me, but I think that the overall picture that she portrays is relatively accurate. And needless to say, she portrays Barney Frank as both a villain of sorts and a hero. Mm. Barney Frank was an advocate, of course, of uh, home ownership. This goal was uh, has been pursued by many presidents, bolstering home ownership, and it was particularly important, uh, for instance, in the 70s, uh, to deal with uh, past housing discrimination that beleaguered uh, most areas of the country. Yeah. And Barney Frank always talked about the affirmative role of government. Uh, he, he said, I came to Congress to help people. He wasn't a, a ashamed about it. He said, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to help people. I'm not here to help co corporations. An interesting distinction. An interesting <laughs> distinction. Uh, since Mitt Romney thinks corporations are people, too. Well, that's what he sees when he looks in the mirror as a corporation, so... 
He's a corporation impersonating a person. Yeah, pretty much. He's got some problems. I, I love that uh, Onion piece a couple of weeks ago that said Mitt Romney is running for president and he's trying to find one voter anywhere in America that he can identify with <laughs> and can identify with him. So it was the uh, uh, cover story indicating that Mitt Romney was uh, in search of that one voter out there. That was the goal of his campaign. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. But anyway, uh, Sh uh, Gretchen Morganson, who writes in the financial uh, sector of the uh, New York Times, this deals kind of with the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac uh, problem. And she goes into some of the, uh, the reckless endangerment is the fact that the loan uh, mortgage process just became a stampede that got out of control. And that's kind of what this shopping mania has turned into. Yeah. Where are the police? Uh, they seem to be busting up Occupy Wall Street on the grounds that there may be violence. Well, these shopping uh, stampedes seem to have violence associated with them every year. People are stampeded to death. Uh, there was a pepper spray incident. I got to get those DVDs. It's sick at the end of the day. There's something wrong with it. Well, and the idea that uh, <clears throat> individual consumer spending can sort of buy the country out of the economic slump is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, obviously, money has no meaning unless it's spent. If you just sock money away, and this has always been the problem with the trickle-down theory, is that uh, there's a lot of money out there. It's just being sat on. We know about all the money that's yep. being poorly spent and misspent, and that's a different category altogether. But there's a lot of money that's just being sat on, and uh, the government... Uh, has the capacity, as we've seen in the past, to initiate programs, to spend money, to put money back into the economy uh, through public works projects, through mm -hmm. any number of uh, infrastructural investments. That's how we're going to get, you know, if individual consumers are, are given uh, or ascribe this magic power to uh, buy the country back into economic well-being, don't these same individual consumers have the power as taxpayers to say, okay, well, you're going to continue to waste my time. What if nobody, let's just follow the Republican logic all the way to its illogical conclusion, everybody just stops paying taxes. Okay, well. That's what's happened in Greece, but <laughs> Indeed. You see what happens when uh, this sort of I exaggerate of a money. bit, but that's at the heart of the part of their problem. Yeah, so... Uh, if they're, uh, you know, the, the Republicans have this idea as they've sworn a uh, an unholy oath to uh, Grover Norquist to not raise taxes, uh, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. You you have to have taxes. Uh, this is how the government, and of course, you know, things are mismanaged sometimes, but by and large, you, you can't just destroy uh, the organizing agent of society itself. Um Government has this unique power and capacity to direct funds, and so some of this money that's been, uh, you know, earmarked for the recovery is still kind of hovering. Yeah, and the and the tax and spend liberal, you know, that 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 Barney Frank's been accused of repeatedly throughout his career is also false. Barney Frank was involved specifically with Ron Paul last year to specifically cut Pentagon spending by mm -hmm. 150 billion dollars. This, of course, 
uh, is in theory going to come about now because of the failure of the so-called super committee. And I thought that John Kerry, by the way, was by far the, the most forward and frank and articulate person in explaining why uh, the negotiations and, the, and no deal was, was arrived at. He's the one that pointed out that it was Grover Norquist. Yeah, he's the 13th guy on the committee, is what uh, Kerry yeah, said. That's running the show. And that, as he put it, we're not a tax-cutting committee. We are a deficit-reducing committee. And there's confusion being sown in the public. Barney Frank, of course, is an easy uh, target for the conservative media uh, because he's a sort of a caricature of a of their idea of a tax-and-spend liberal, but he's not a tax-and-spend liberal. Um, he has pointed out that the whole problem in the financial crisis, and one of the uh, good things about the uh, Gretchen Morgison uh, book, uh, co-written by Joshua Rosner, is that it, it, it goes into the complexities of, of what caused the financial crisis. It was the non-banks that created the uh, the bad loans that were going on in certain regions of the country, Cal Southern California, Arizona, Georgia. Um, these are the places, and Florida, these are the places where too much money was being loaned out irresponsibly. Mm -hmm. People who did not qualify for mortgages were being signed up to, quote, make a sale to bolster stock prices. The ratings agencies were rating junk mortgage securities that were being bundled together as... Uh, Sold down the line. Yeah, AAA, mm -hmm. you know. I'm, I'm the meat inspector in this uh, bad burger, AAA. Well, no. <laughs> that stuff is toxic junk. And the regulators in Washington, you know, you, you can have a debate about whether there's too much regulation or not enough, but what at the end of the day, it, it's up to the people that are doing the, holding those jobs to do their job. Bush didn't actually appoint competent people to some of the positions. Christopher Cox running the SEC was a catastrophe for this country. Uh, he may look good on television. He had a record in Congress. I suspect that he was appointed... Uh, to be a resume uh, builder, so he could he could run against uh, uh, Barbara Boxer. Didn't mm. didn't end up happening because Christopher Cox in 2007 was starting to be inundated with financial problems that were. Uh, he was sort of the brownie of the financial crisis. He didn't quite uh, heck of a job. Yeah, he didn't quite qualify for that job. <laughs> Might have known something about uh, turning a blind eye <laughs> to what's yeah. going on. Um, and when the foxes are guarding the chicken coop, or the turkey coop in this case, bad things are going to happen. So Barney Frank is, well, is one of the more articulate. My only criticism of him is I think he talks too fast sometimes. It's hard to keep up with his... His very fast diction. He's, he's northeast accent too. Well, and he thinks fast, and yeah. he's he's got and and he bears a striking resemblance, by the way, to Lou Costello. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe he's got a future as a. Hey, I'm bad. Hey, you bad. <clears throat> well, God knows there's uh, no shortage of uh, comical subjects. Uh, for example, I just have to throw this one into the mix here, as we talked a little bit about uh, Norquist last week, but uh, in a sort of a 
person in the news profile in uh, the Financial Times of last week, um, t- he offers up this quote um, about an epiphany that he uh, underwent as a young lad growing up in Massachusetts in the 1960s. Trimming his beard? Yeah. <laughs> Grover Narquist said that uh, when he was 12, um, he realized that the Republicans should rebrand themselves as the party that would never raise taxes. Quote, when I was 12, no one was particularly interested in my thoughts on how to restructure the modern Republican Party, he recalled this week. Well, I'll make a confession here. When I was 12, I was a Republican, too. Oh. But I outgrew it. (laughs) I kind of saw through the hypocrisy and the lies and the nonsense and the... uh, You trimmed your beard. I trimmed my beard, pulled my head out of that particular place. And said, oh, hey, well, this is the actual world. Um, If the Republican Party is basing its agenda on the epiphany of the 12-year-old Grover Norquist, that speaks volumes for itself. And uh, interestingly, the article does go on to note that Frank Wolf, Republican congressman from Virginia, actually uh, took to the floor of the House of Representatives in October to sort of excoriate uh, Grover Norquist, uh, reminding everyone of his affinity uh, and affiliation uh, with Jack Abramoff. Yes. Who Norquist uh, insists he only knew as a champion of the free market. Well, of course, Abramoff was a champion of the free market, free and I'm taking it. Yeah, and the thing that's funny is, you know, he's allegedly found Jesus, so to speak. Ah, that's yeah. He's got a book coming out that uh, uh, is is going to talk about. Glenn Beck has two new books too. Two, two new books. Glenn Beckett has a lot of ghostwriters. I'm afraid. Indeed, he does. They do very uh, superficial research. Uh, The Nation magazine, on the other hand, does not. Wanted to read this item from uh, one of the more recent editions. On the 3rd of November, the Citizens for Tax Justice, this uh, uh, sort of uh, pierces a myth that's uh, being promoted actively in the campaign of the candidates running for president regarding corporations and taxes. On uh, the 3rd of November, Citizens for Tax Justice uh, released a damning report detailing how many large corporations paid absurdly low tax rates on billions of profits. In some cases actually received money. Based on the tax data of 280 of the country's most profitable corporations between 2008 and 2010, the uh, Citizens for Tax Justice found that although the corporate tax rate is 35%, on average those companies only paid half of that. 67 companies paid effective three-year tax rates of less than 10%, the CTJ said. Their average effective tax rate was zero. And most shockingly, 30 companies paid negative effective tax rates, Um, uh, meaning that through clever accounting and generous subsidies, they got money from the government, Mm. which makes no sense for running deficits, while raking in $160 billion of profits over the same uh, three-year period. The study found that 56 of federal tax subsidies go to four industries. Financial services got... Uh, 37 and a half million and paid an effective tax rate of 15.5% over the last three years. Utilities, telecommunications, and oil and gas. Defense contractors also do well. The top 10 have enough accountants and lobbyists to keep their average effective tax rate 
at less than half the 35% corporate tax rate, despite $67 million in profits over the past three years. Uh, By the way, you can probably check more details. That's from the uh, November 28th edition of The Nation magazine by George Zorneck. There is a um, website that's quite easy to remember that you can visit, ctj.org. Now, we will hear the refrain repeatedly, and we've heard it all year, that American corporations pay the second highest corporate tax rate in the world, and they're overtaxed. Wrong. Yeah, double wrong. And when you see... And, of course, the the, the industries that they detail there, the uh, utilities, telecommunications, financial services, and oil and gas, fossil fuels, um, have lobbyists. Many lobbyists. Well, and and those are the... uh, That cluster of... uh, types of corporations are really at the heart of why we're in the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's no surprise to see, as a response to the failure of the so-called super committee, uh, the Wall Street Journal, owned by Rupert Murdoch, uh, headlined an editorial, thank you, Grover Norquist. So anybody who thinks that this policy of uh, anti-taxes is somehow good for the average American is just plain wrong because the average American, in fact, probably pays a higher percentage in taxes than the most wealthy corporations in the world. And Rupert Murdoch obviously knows uh, who puts the bacon grease on his bread. Hey, wait a minute. That's kind of a, a metaphor about Congress. we got to get away from these food uh, metaphors. Yeah, especially since I've got this picture of Newt Gingrich in front of me, and I've totally lost my appetite. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess uh, I have to give Leo Panetta a uh, brain damage award here for oh, Leon say, Panetta. Leon yeah, Panetta, yeah, yeah. yeah, that the uh, automatic defense cuts uh, totaling to about six hundred billion dollars, uh, if allowed to go forward, yeah, uh, will. Leave America vulnerable and weak. Um, earlier uh, in the, let's see here, as I'm reading from an article by Joff Dwy- uh, Dyer uh, from November 23rd, uh, that uh, Panetta says that this would lead to a hollow force incapable of sustaining the missions it is assigned. Well, the current missions are, of course, dubious in nature anyway, but let's be generous and just say, okay. Um, earlier, Panetta cautioned that the extra cuts would lead to the smallest ground forces since 1940, the smallest number of ships in the Navy since the First World War, and the smallest air force in its history. And I would say, fine. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> but maybe that's 25 to 40 years too late. Yeah. All the bad money that we've spent on this. Which is why we're broke. You know? Indeed. I mean, I mean, it gets back to the fact at the end of the day, the United States citizenry wants more government than they're willing to pay for. And we have a debt problem because we have a war problem and an oil problem. End of story. And the reason we have those problems is because we've been bamboozled by corporations to become the super cop of the world to protect their interests overseas. And the average American at the end of the day has lost jobs, has lost economic standing um, because of this corporate agenda that's been fobbed on us all. But there's always wheat, cream of wheat, fields of (laughs) wheat, wheat, wheat. 
Fields of wheat, cream of wheat. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Woody Allen. Woody uh, Allen. <laughs> By the way, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Yeah, in fact, when uh, Lawrence Korb, an assistant.